Hello, and welcome to Humanities Matter, brought to you by Brill. I'm Lee Chung Greco, and this week we'll be looking at key issues in the field of humanities. Today we're talking about Happy, Stressed, and Angry, a National Study of Teachers' Emotions and Their Management. We're talking with Roger Ptolny, an Associate Professor of Sociology at the University of Wollongong, New South Wales. Welcome, Roger. Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me here. And Alberto Balaki, he's an Associate Professor and Principal Research Fellow at the Queensland University of Technology in Queensland, Australia. Alberto, thanks so much for talking with us. Thank you, Lee, and uh, hi, Roger, and welcome to all. So you found that teachers exhibit great natural happiness, but also experience and hide high levels of stress. Um, So, Roger, I'm wondering what made you interested in exploring this? Uh, Did any of your personal experience dealing with stress spark this research at all? Uh, So... I uh, personally have uh, not worked as a teacher, but I've known uh, many teachers, um, including uh, my colleague, Alberto, uh, and heard at great length about some of the experiences I've had to go through. Uh, I, as an academic, have taught students for over eight years now, and I'm well aware of the difficulties of trying to balance many things at once in, 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 in undertaking teaching, uh, particularly when you also have other things you have to do on the side, administrative duties and research and so on. So uh, I'm drawn to trying to understand the difficult situations that teachers find themselves in and how they manage those situations. Uh, but perhaps for a more personal uh, look at teaching, we should hand it over to Alberto for what he has to say. Yeah, thanks for that um, nice segue, and thanks for your uh, question, Lee. I think it's it's valuable to understand how researchers connect to their work. And as Roger's already noted, I was a former high school teacher uh, here in Queensland before becoming an academic. So there is a strong sense of um, personal experience with the stresses of the job that uh, certainly informs my understanding of uh, the teachers I study in, in the research that I do. Um, And there's also a strong sense of solidarity that I feel with classroom teachers because of that past experience. So that definitely informs why uh, I'm interested in this topic and undertake that work. Um, But also, I started researching emotions for other reasons and came around to the idea of how teachers manage emotions from there. And basically, I want to make sure that teachers' well-being is uh, well-considered in their work and that our teacher graduates are well prepared when for the work that's to come uh, ahead for them. Um, and also that the profession is ready to support those graduates when they come into it. So it, it certainly uh, has connections to my past, but there's also a strong connection with the research that I've been doing over the last decade. Yeah, and you talk in your work about uh, this connection between emotional exhaustion and the growing problem of teacher attrition. Um, Why is it important to examine the effect of stress on teachers? What does this mean, not just for individuals like yourself, but the profession at large? Uh, In terms of the sector-wide impact um, of the emotional exhaustion that teachers experience, um, the the wastage that we get. So when teachers leave the profession entirely, 
This exacerbates other problems such as teacher shortages in areas of critical need. So, for example, uh, it's a pretty much a worldwide phenomenon that there's a shortage of mathematics and science teachers. So Mm. when you have large numbers of teachers leaving the profession, that undermines these critical supply shortages in some subjects. And the long-term effects of that um, impact all students. So um, as many of your listeners probably are already aware, the, there are very high attrition rates associated with teaching across the board. Um, and so, so teach, uh, the teacher attrition, the teachers who leave the profession for good, or what we call wastage, uh, happens at a rate of around 25 to 30%. And that's a conservative estimate. There are some studies that, rep- that report far higher rates. Now, the important thing about these um, high rates of wastage is that they tend to occur in the first five years after graduation from their university courses or within the final 15 years of the profession. So if we just stop and consider those two timelines, we've got our greatest hopes for the future of the profession leaving within five years. So some of these people are leaving after just one year. Um, And then we've got our most experienced teachers the ones where a great amount of, uh, you know, practical knowledge from the classroom, but also a a longer term of investment through professional development has happened. So in terms of what are the broad impacts of this, I I look at it as as sort of, there's there's three parts to it. You've got the personal impacts for the teacher's um, well-being and their personal finances that they've invested in, you know, studying a, a, a course in education, becoming a teacher. Often teachers are are resourcing their classrooms with their own finances. This is something that happens uh, in many countries. Um, Secondly, you've got the sector-wide impacts for the profession. So the fact that you're losing uh, skilled staff and you're losing your youngest and brightest who are coming in to regenerate your, your profession. And lastly, and the one that we probably know the least about, is what impact do teachers who are feeling burnt out have on students while they're still teaching? So really that that three-part structure there kind of explains the broad range of ways in which which this issue has an impact. And Roger, what are the typical ways that teachers are actually dealing with all this stress? You talk about this method of down-managing and up managing? What is that exactly? Sure. Uh, so when uh, we refer in our research to uh, down managing and up managing, we're talking about uh, not just stress, but emotions in general. So uh, my background interest in this topic comes from my study of the sociology of emotions, which is a particular field. And this field is quite interested in how our society in general uh, sets rules about how we're meant to feel in certain circumstances and encourages us to try and feel the right way and potentially change or hide how we feel if how we feel doesn't match the particular circumstances. Uh, So let's take teaching, for example. Uh, Within a particular school and a classroom setting, there'll be an expectation that you feel a certain way as a teacher, uh, and that you at least display it even if you don't feel it. So we refer to uh, down-managing to start with 
as the experience where you might feel emotions which would be perhaps considered inappropriate for the classroom. Take, for example, intense frustration or even anger at the unruly behaviour of some of the students or perhaps uh, some of the conditions under which you have to teach if the school is undergoing stress of some kind. Uh, or just general stress, which as we've identified as a, an issue for a lot of teachers. Uh, it's considered uh, unprofessional to uh, a lot of the time to display, use, uh, exhibit those emotions. So you need to uh, sort of tap them down, you know. Uh, and uh, there's a number of ways in which we down manage, tap down those particular emotions, uh, some better than others, which I can talk about in a second. Uh, but when we talk about up managing, what we're talking about there is a sort of a different kind of way of managing your emotions. Uh, another expectation we have of our teachers is that they are bright, enthusiastic, cheerful, and they inspire the kids to learn. Uh, now, uh, I don't know how many people work jobs where they're capable of feeling those feelings all the time in, in their jobs and, and teachers are in there every day teaching. So it, it's work. They have to work to almost evoke those pleasant, good emotions that they can share with the students and, and, and inspire the students to engage more with their, their learning. So up managing, down managing of emotions. Uh, and as I said, I can talk a little bit about uh, specific types which are more effective than others. So I guess uh, both methods, up managing and down managing, can be effective, but they can have debilitating side effects if they're done in the wrong way. For example, uh, one version of down managing might be to simply hide what we feel as a teacher and to try not to show the difficult emotions that we're feeling to the students. There's a particular term in the sociology of emotions from the work of Ali Hochschild called surface acting, which uh, captures this phenomenon. And that is effectively where you just try to put on a cheerful face try to keep your demeanour pleasant, but inside those emotions are still sort of there, sometimes boiling away. And there have been studies showing that prolonged surface acting where you don't do something with those feelings, you just try to pretend they're not there or repress them, it is linked to incidences of high stress and burnout nutrition. So it's not a great way to proceed in the long term. Uh, some potentially better ways of dealing with those, those sort of difficult emotions, so to manage those difficult emotions, are uh, along the lines of what Hochschild called deep acting as opposed to surface acting. Anyone, who's a, anyone listening who is involved in acting or drama might be aware of the, the style of acting where you uh, try to really make yourself feel the feelings and motivations of the character you're trying to portray. And this is more akin to what Hochschild is talking about with deep acting. You try to actually change how you feel, not just pretend a different feeling on the surface. So like so method you, acting. Yes, yes, exactly. You can engage in mechanisms uh, to try and genuinely uh, uh, change that negative feeling away. Uh, and also you engage in mechanisms to summon up those good feelings, the up-managing part, to, to get ready for your day. And... Uh, Techniques for this are from literatures around emotion management and emotional regulation include uh, modifying the situation somehow, uh, often taking in props or trying to, before you go in there, uh, rearrange the situation to uh, reduce some of the stresses that, come, that might come at you. 
Uh, refocusing attention on, on certain things, like trying to think about positive thoughts is a very common way people deal with uh, negative emotions. And cognitive techniques, like trying to change the meaning in a situation uh, so that you don't get focused on a lot of negative aspects. And, and, and also mindfulness techniques, allowing the situation to proceed without necessarily overtaking uh, everything you think and feel. So those are just a, a, an array of particular techniques. Uh, but as a, as a good sociologist, I would be remiss if I uh, didn't uh, get a little bit critical on, on that stuff, which I'll just quickly now do. The techniques I just suggested, individualised techniques, they're the sort of techniques that just say you're the manager of a school, you'll say to the teachers, here you go, um, we'll train you in how to do these various techniques of managing your emotions and then you'll be fine. In other words, it becomes an individual responsibility. Each teacher has to take it off themselves. And we all know that uh, teachers don't teach in isolation. They teach within the context of a particular school which will have its own unique organisational issues and structural issues. School cultures, school structures shape what we feel and what we're allowed to feel, and they sometimes can put undue pressure on teachers to have to manage emotions in situations where they really shouldn't be doing that. In, consider situations where schools are understaffed. There's a great deal of organisational change and restructuring going on. Perhaps there's a situation of bullying going on between teachers or management or something, uh, and there might be unruly students, many of them, uh, really struggling uh, or putting, uh, putting a lot of pressure on, on, on teachers. My, my brother, for example, is a primary school teacher at a very difficult school in Tasmania, and uh, he is super excited because next year he's going to change schools and he can't wait to go because he, he'll be able to get away from spending all of his time uh, simply doing discipline to actually starting to be able to do some teaching. So it's just an example that different schools have, have different requirements and they put and, and put different pressures on people to manage those emotions. So it shouldn't always be about, you know, let's be mindful, let's engage in uh, cognitive behaviour therapy, let the individual teacher sort it out and need support. Thanks to you both. Uh, Roger Patomi and Alberto Balaki, they're the authors of Happy, Stressed, and Angry, a National Study of Teachers' Emotions and Their Management. You are listening to the Humanities Matter podcast. You can find more podcast episodes on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.